A big shakeup in Buffalo as the Bills fall on Monday night football to the Denver Broncos and in disastrous fashion and lose their OC because of it. Coordinator Ken Dorsey <laughs> fired. And what does that mean for the Bills and the AFC playoff picture? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. We appreciate you. We love you. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of Five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Uh, all right, Monday Night Football. Uh, I think we have Crazy. to start a little bit more about the uh, the Broncos first because there's a lot to get into with the Buffalo Bills on today's episode. They have fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady, the quarterback's coach who was scapegoated previously at another stop as offensive coordinator in Carolina, so he knows the drill, um, is elevated to interim offensive coordinator now for the Buffalo Bills after the 24-22 loss on Monday night football. And can we start with the end game scenario, Matt, which was just goofy and the... Sean Payton said that that rushing the the kicking unit on the field wasn't a wasn't a a, a distraction for them or anything. I, that just whole, that whole scenario was one of the yeah. ends of games I can remember at least this season with um, you know Denver down by one. It was twenty two nineteen. Then for some reason they just they, they do this ru- rush off the field, run on the field thing that that really just felt like everything was. Off. You never want to feel like that if you're an NFL oh. kicker. And he misses the kick, but there's 12 men on the field for Buffalo's <laughs> kick <laughs> unit. And so they get another try, and then they make it that time and win the game 24-22. And that was just the tip of the iceberg for how the Buffalo Bills botched that football game. Yeah, so <laughs> crazy. I mean, he also you know throws a they turn the ball over on the first play of the game. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack with both teams. But let's talk about the end of the game since you brought that up. So there was about two minutes on the clock, give or take. I don't have the drive charts in front of me. But Allen rushes for a touchdown. Five plays before that, I'm yelling at the screen and texting my buddies, the best thing the Broncos can do is let the Bills score here. You know, all you need is a field goal. If the Bills were smart, they wouldn't have scored. He would have went down at the one, kneel, kneel, tush, push, win. You know what I mean? Like, the clock management was so bad by both teams, in my opinion. Like, against this Bills defense, which isn't great, if they let him score, him scoring was the best thing that happened to him, but they should have let it happen before that. With three touchdowns and only needing a field goal, you're moving the ball. You know, that's not hard to do at the end of games now. So, when he scored, I'm like, oh, the Broncos are going to win. And then at the end, as you mentioned, and they're sliding to eat extra, you know, kneeling, just 
clock it. I mean, on third down, spike the ball, stop the clock. So your kicker doesn't have to jog on. Yeah, well, I mean, there's it's no not that hard. It's not like the bills are surprised. Oh, wow. They're going to kick a field goal. Didn't think that was going to happen. Right. It, the chaos worked in a weird way. It, it worked too good because it did screw up the bills. Uh, maybe to, to put maybe. 12 guys on the field, but you missed the kick too. So what if they didn't have 12 guys on the field? You would have, I, I, I didn't understand that at all. Uh, interesting point though, about letting, the Bills score there because it did feel like, and that was the, we talked about this yesterday, Matt, this, that was the theme of the day was you, you want to be the team kicking last because yeah, right. we walk off field goals. And here was another one on Monday night football. hundred percent. And we saw a lot of points this week. We saw walk off field goals. And I assume what Peyton was doing was I'm afraid of Allen. I want this ball to go between the uprights with zero on the clock as opposed mm-hmm. to 10 or 12 or whatever, but come right. on. I mean, let your kicker breathe a little bit instead of rushing on the field and hoping they had 12 men on the field. So I tweeted this out as well. Like, first off, if these teams played a hundred times, I don't know that the bills win eight of them. I don't know how fluky this is. These teams might be closer than you think. And that 70 point uh, Miami drubbing of the Broncos is a long time ago. And I'm a great believer in the Peyton Carroll Tomlin you know, Reed, Belichick, of course, Harbaugh level coaches that if you give them enough time, they're not going to suck. You know what I mean? It, I mean, the, the Patriots are a bad example this year because they're terrible. But I think Peyton is starting to figure out his team. There was all sorts of talk at the trade deadline. You can have any Bronco you want for 80 cents on the dollar, you know, take them all. And I think Peyton might have looked at it and said, Hey, in the offseason, we went and got McGlinchey and a, a guard, and we thought we were a win-now team. And the more I'm around these guys, I don't want to blow it up. I want to hand it to a healthier Javante Williams. I want to throw the ball to Sutton. I want to build with what I inherited here as opposed to just starting from scratch. And now they're kind of hard to play against, you know? Sutton with the play of the game, by the way, which was vintage yeah. Russell Wilson. And the, I, I saw some overlay videos of a different pass that Russell Wilson made. It was almost identical back corner of the end zone. It was, I think, Tyler Lockett in that one getting his toe tapped down for the for the Seahawks. And then, uh, you know, Russ was was good. 24 of 29. So some vintage Russ here. Uh, There's only 193 passing yards, so not high volume there, but a couple touchdowns, no turnovers, and turnover margin was massive and, and probably the number one key to uh, to this game going Denver's way instead of Buffalo's way, sure. which yeah. kind of leads us to the next elephant in the room, which is Josh Allen and some of the turnovers here. Uh, one for sure, which was not his fault, but uh, now being scapegoated for all the problems, they weren't going to get rid of Josh Allen in Buffalo. They weren't going to get rid of the head coach, so... You're unhappy with what's going on after a primetime loss. Now you're five and five in the Buffalo Bills. So you look around the room, you say, well, who can we fire? Ken, sorry, offensive coordinator, you're scapegoated, you're gone. I don't understand this at all. Now, I've been in buildings and you don't even have to, I don't have to preference that. These are all human beings. Maybe Dorsey and Allen don't get along. Maybe Dorsey's a horrible human being. I'm not even implying that. I know none of those things are actually quite the opposite. Maybe the owner hates the guy. I don't know. Maybe there's a personality conflict is all I'm saying. Yeah, maybe they but, maybe they asked him for some specific changes, and Ken's like, no, this is my offense, and we're going to run it this way. And they said, okay, well, then you have to be fired. Maybe maybe there's more to it than that. But this feels maybe. as scapegoaty as it gets. It's, it, maybe. But they're th- I, I was doing this right before. The Bills are third in offensive EPA. They're third in DVOA. 
They averaged 7.1 yards per play in this game. He called a great game. Diggs is shutting down Sertain, and they're still averaging 7.1 yards per play. He didn't throw 12 guys out on the field. <laughs> you know, he didn't throw the all the interceptions. Right. If there sure was a coordinator to fire, how about the special teams coordinator? You're walking <laughs> right. Right. You don't have 12 guys on the field. It sounds like to me, not only is Dorsey doing his job, but he's doing a bang-up job. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yards per play. QBR for Josh Allen, even despite some of the the, the turnovers. Uh, red zone efficiency, they're good. Third down conversion rate, they're good. Uh, I, I can't even remember which stats you just mentioned, but they're good. Just EPA about DVOA, just real broad things. You know, like yeah. they're the third best offense in the league. And how about this one? This one uh, I just saw relayed from Mina Kimes. Um, over the last month. So if you just look at uh, at at recency, and this mm-hmm. tells the story of last night's game as well. Over the last month, the Bills' offense is first in successful play rate and eighth in EPA per play. But guess where they are not good? 32nd, last in the league in turnover margin. Yeah. And that's an Allen trait. You know, like that's not a Ken Dorsey thing either. No, they're second in total yards. You know, they're second in completion percentage. They're. Kincaid looks like he's a budding star, you know, like they have good things happening on offense. I would have liked to seen more of a power running game. I've been saying that for three years, considering they play in a tundra. I mean, I I think they need, you know, Mike Allstott on that team or Earl Campbell, but so be it. They're still an elite offense in the league. That's missing elite offenses. Hey, he can come be my sealer offensive coordinator. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, the meeting, oh. like there's a lot. Of, <laughs> sign Dude. me up for Ken Dorsey. Wouldn't be shocked at all if Pittsburgh hired him right away or maybe another division rival in the East or, you know, hey, you come back home. He's a Bay Area kid, by the way, Ken Dorsey, Arinda, California, just east there of you go. Oakland. Uh, uh, I, I remember Ken back in the day playing, uh, winning a whole bunch of football games that, for the Miami Hurricanes in college. And, against and, my Pitt Panthers when I was on the sidelines, to be yeah. honest with you. We were playing there against you, you and he was the man there, right. Yep, and then uh, played a little quarterback for the 49ers. So uh, maybe yeah, come back West Coast. I think a lot of teams would love to have Ken Dorsey right now, uh, who's out as offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. More on the Bills. Where do they sit now? Yeah, we'll talk about Allen a little more picture. too. Yeah. And, uh, and Josh Allen. Yeah, we got to get more into this one as well. And, and we'll look at both AFC and NFC playoff pictures next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Jace Medical. Get yourself a Jace case and get $20 off your purchase right now with promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. Don't get caught unprepared in the case of an emergency. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. All you have to do is Go online right now at jacemedical.com and receive a 12-month supply of any of the daily medication you or your family might need. Or uh, the Jace case, which is a um, which is 50-plus infections that can be helped. If you are traveling, maybe you don't have cell service during your travels. There is an emergency. There are uh, supply chain issues. There are uh, any you know, natural disasters, any number of ways that could prevent you or your loved ones from getting the medication you might need. And by the way, you can get ED medications and generics for Cialis, Viagra, and more at jacemedical.com as well. And obviously, there's always going to be a special offer for our listeners. We wouldn't do that. Uh, We wouldn't do it without giving you one. Uh, How about this? If you are someone, if you are um, someone you love would 
Get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med. Go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKED ON for $20 off your purchase. Again, jacemedical.com, that is code LOCKED ON for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical, J A S E medical.com. How much of this with the Buffalo Bills, Matt, is on Josh Allen? Because clearly, uh, he's turning the ball over too much and he plays that kind of ball, but we've mentioned how there's big plays that happen as well. And uh, most teams would kill to have a quarterback like Josh Allen. Um, one interception went right off the hands of Gabe Davis, maybe too much heat on it, but you hit your wide receiver in the hands. You don't expect to have a, an interception on a play like that. A terrible interception where he's throwing a corner route with a, you know, quarters coverage. There's a DB right there. I, I don't know what that throw was, what, what he thought he saw on that play. Uh, he fumbled another handoff, and that's on Josh Allen. So, you know, two of the turnovers for sure on him, one of them not on him. So uh, he doesn't skirt blame here. W- what do we think about Josh Allen right now? I think if we were picking up teams and everybody was a free agent and I could have anyone I wanted, I would take Mahomes, then I'd take Burrow, and then I'd take Allen. I, I think, you know, there's some others in the conversation but to me, Bur- or Mahomes is on his own tier. Those next two are on their own tier. And then it's a conversation to me of who's fourth in that draft. You know, maybe it's Herbert, maybe it's Lamar, maybe it's mm-hmm. even Lawrence or, you know, somebody like that, a young guy. Um, but, I mean, I think we know he's like the definition of a wild stallion. Yeah, I mean, he is a big game hunter, good, bad, ugly. And you wonder... Can you win the Super I mean, I, I I shouldn't say that word. I hate, can you win the Super Bowl? Yeah, you can. Of course. I mean, yeah. it, can's a terrible word to start that. I mean, does he... Is it likely that you is win? Is it likely? Right. Because is he going to have a game like this in one of your playoff runs? You know, can he, can he put three, four, five clean games together, including the final game of the season? You have to wonder. So it's a great problem to have. You have a wonderful wife. You're married to the sexiest, most beautiful, smartest, kindest woman in all the land, minus maybe one or two in the whole league. But now I think the question is, not do we reel him in, but how do we play more to his strengths to get us to that promised land? And to me, a big back would be a good start but then maybe you're not third in EPA and offense and you're 13th and you're not scoring as many points. And frankly, the defensive injuries are the biggest problem with this team right now. And that's not his fault. <laughs> losing Milano is crippling for this. Team. That, that hurts. You don't want to yeah. start losing your best players on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Buffalo's the 10 seed right now in the AFC. They have no business having the same record as the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Both of those teams at five and five. The Indianapolis Colts at five and five would have the tiebreaker on the Bills right now and be the nine seed uh, in the uh, in the AFC. Teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Houston Texans, uh, you know, uh, are really helped. You know, your Steelers are really helped by this sort of a a loss by the Buffalo Bills because the AFC right now is a, is a juggernaut and it's going to be difficult to get into the playoffs when you start to get behind like this and they're going to have to rattle off some wins and they for sure can still only second place in the East behind the Miami Dolphins right now at six and three, but the the Buffalo Bills need to figure something out. And I understand why they would think, I understand why they would panic at five and five and think like this just can't happen. We can't have the same 
record as the Las Vegas Raiders right now. We are a better football team than that. Sure. We should be leading the division. We should be competing for a one seed right now. Uh, and so you have to change something. I don't think Ken Dorsey was the thing you had changed, but I understand that they need to change something. And that also tells me they don't know what it is that they do need to change. Most likely. So I want to harp on this because in week nine, as everyone remembers, uh, the Hamlin game, Buffalo went to Cincinnati, you know, just a one week ago and the Bengals won. Of every game played in the NFL this year, I'm almost certain that one had the greatest playoff ramifications. The reason is these guys look like great teams with great quarterbacks, but they have more losses than they should. And the Bills and the Bengals have so many AFC losses. So losing that game for the Bills really hurt their playoff chances. Then they go the next week and lose another AFC game to Denver, and Cincinnati goes and loses another AFC game to Houston. Why I keep harping with this AFC stuff is, obviously it doesn't matter if you win your division, but tiebreakers for wild card in the AFC are almost 100% likely going to come down to your AFC record. So the Bills is horrible. The Bengals is horrible. So we may not even see Burrow or Allen in the postseason. And let me take this one step further. I, I urge everyone, there's a new website out there called sumersports.com. And not summer, sumer, S-U-M-E-R. And they have a wonderful tool where they accumulate every team's EPA. And you can look at strength of schedule, not based on win losses, but EPA to this point. It gets updated every week that from now backwards and now going forward. Guess who has the hardest schedule in the league going forward? Your Buffalo Bills. And, and the, the Bengals are next, aren't they? They're at four. They're right behind them. But listen to this. The Bills host the Jets this week. You would think you win that, but division game, low scoring. At Philly after that. Ugh. Then you finally get your bye, and boy, they needed that. At KC out of the bye, host Dallas at the Chargers, host New England, then you go to Miami. You're in big trouble, Buffalo. Does not look good. Two and five conference record for the Bills, one and four conference record for the Bengals, and everybody else they're going to be competing with right now is above 500 in the, in that conference yeah. record. So you got to make I mean, up maybe more games on that if you're, if you're going to need a tiebreaker. Like maybe they can afford to lose to the Eagles and or Dallas, but they almost have to win in KC not to mention Miami Chargers Jets. Yep. Mm. It's going to be rough. Since he's isn't much different. Since he has to go to Baltimore in 2 days. Have you seen this one person who thinks that Josh Allen is the problem is Josh Allen's number one receiver's brother, Trevon Diggs. Saying, oh, really? Yeah, uh, on social media last night, Trevon Diggs saying 14 needs to get out of there. And then he went on this morning just about an hour before we were recording here to say, "Let's not forget he didn't start going off till bro got there. So Trevon did. Yeah, there's some truth and to that. Still doubling down. And uh, you think my, he might be talking to his brother. Remember, there was some weirdness with Stefan this offseason, too, with Bills yeah, and, and Josh Allen. So, uh, yeah, everything's not uh, everything's not right over there in Buffalo. No. I mean, again, just this firing of Dorsey implies, I don't know what to do, but we better do something. You know, and the, the whole place will feel, I mean, the whole building's going to feel that, you know. So, there is some truth to Diggs elevated Allen without question, as did Tyreek for Tua and A.J. Brown for Hertz. And it's a team game, you know, Moss for Brady and you know, Rice for Montana. That, but Josh Allen has elevated 
everyone else. Gabe Davis. And like, right. That's a player that I think could be improved upon in the off season. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and right now maybe even Kincaid becomes the number two guy in total in the offense. You just treat him like he's your number two receiver at this point. Probably the way it has to go. So I often reference Mike Lombardi. I think he does tremendous work, former GM. Look him up if you haven't already. Check out his podcast. It's really good. Anyway, he said, he's been saying all year, he's like, people are looking at this Bills offense wrong. It really is an average talent. I mean, if you just look at every position group and everyone that plays snaps, besides the quarterback and the number one receiver, it's probably league average, if not worse. I mean, is James Cook a top 15 running back? I mean, I like Kincaid. He doesn't break enough for for being the elusive, fast, you know, good receiving down sort of a, a back. He doesn't break enough big plays. There, there, there's like right. one move short, I feel like, every time he gets in the open field. goes down too easy. And like you said, they don't have that bad weather element to their football team either in a bad weather town. And Allen's the bad weather element. Yeah, you know, they, they just rely on him so much that you can see why he gets crazy. Like, if I don't make a play here, I mean, I was yeah, they're red, white, and blue, so I always think he has the Superman costume underneath the uniform. Right, yeah, and Euro ball for sure. Too often, he's got to put the S on his chest, you know? Uh, one AFC team waived a player, surprisingly, who had an awesome rookie season last year, uh, the New England Patriots, and then NFC playoff picture as well coming up next. This episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, and right now our listeners and new customers to FanDuel can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins that initial $5 money line bet for new users at FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. Uh, There's a wide range of betting options for NFL football, including spreads, player props, over-unders, build-your-own parlay, tons more. And maybe you could even get some real good odds right now if you think the Buffalo Bills are going to turn this thing around uh, for those Super Bowl odds because you can bet on that. NFL draft odds as well already up at and the next coach to get fired uh as well at FanDuel and of course college football NBA NHL every sport you can imagine you can find some action on it at FanDuel so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the second half of this season again that is fanduel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of the NFL Jack Jones waived by the New England Patriots Matt, this is an interesting one. There has to be more going on than just his play on the field. And, you know, he he went from... Is he the gun, Jones? They have so many Jones cornerbacks. In the a lot of Jones cornerbacks. He is the... Is he the uh, one that the gun charges? Yeah, he's the fourth round okay. from last year. Not the... Slot return guy. Slot dynamic. Return guy yeah, I love that from, one. I get the Jones. Uh, Houston? The other Jones came from Houston, right? University of Houston, correct. Houston. Yes, yes, yes. This is the start at USC, ended up with Herm Edwards and Arizona State, Jack Jones, who's a really good football player, had some issues in college, changed schools, um, and um, was a really good rookie for the the New England Patriots last year and is only in his second season and has just been waived. And it's a pretty big red flag. Uh, I don't know if he will get claimed on waivers by any team. Some really good playoff contending teams could use uh, a corner, a cover guy. Maybe the Buffalo Bill, uh, you know, maybe the uh, 
maybe the 49ers, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see if he gets claimed. But if there's big red flags there, then this is probably a really bad sign for Jack Jones because his play on the field would not get a young player like that way. Yep. I don't have much more to add to it except it just screams culture here in New England is damaged and we need to get it back and we're going to start with some bad apples you know maybe he's not maybe he just made a bad decision but it sounds like he's made several of them his career what i also think is noteworthy is they just came back from germany didn't even take jc jackson with them didn't even invite him on the trip (laughs) you know like that whole organization is bizarro right now do you think mac jones starts this week (laughs) there's no good answer there's no reason to if you don't think right. he's your guy because what you need to find out is who can be a backup long term. Do we have that person? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Malik Cunningham. Let's see what that looks like. Uh, you know, Bailey Zappi, whatever, because it doesn't seem like they like anybody. I, I don't know who. I don't know who Bill Belichick likes on his roster right now. I, I can't guarantee he likes any of them. And he built it, so nobody to blame but yourself in a lot of ways. You're right? <laughs> yeah. Who? Hmm, who should we point a finger at right now? Uh, Absolutely. Weird stuff. Again, GM. Bill Belichick making things very difficult on head coach Bill Belichick. No doubt about it. But they're probably going to pick in the top three or so. I mean, throw Marvin Harrison or one of those quarterbacks on the team. and All right. Looking at playoff seating, they're dead last in the AFC. So it's it's up to one of those NFC teams. Now with the Broncos with four wins, the Jets have four wins, the Tennessee Titans have three wins, and it looks like they found themselves a quarterback that might win them a couple games down the stretch. The New England Patriots are going to be the the last seed in the AFC, and it just depends on – if uh, if uh, at two wins, if they win more games than Cardinals, Giants that have two wins in the uh, in the NFC, and of course the Carolina Panthers that still have one. So right now, if the season ended today, the uh, New England Patriots would have the fourth pick in the NFL draft. Although their strength of schedule, we talked about those I'd other. I say it's strong. Teams, yeah, it's strong. So the Patriots are going to lose the tiebreaker on some of those uh, top picks if they have the same record as some other teams in the in the league. I wouldn't want to be putting my paycheck down on hoping the Panthers and especially the Giants win games. Correct. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Arizona might be all right. You know, if I had to to bet with Kyler Murray, we've already seen that last week. The the Cardinals might win a a game or two. The Bears with Justin Fields coming back and practicing this week. You know, they're going to win a game or two. Uh, you know the Packers and Carolina's going to win two games. So yeah, I think the I think the Pats could be top three, and and it might be. Carolina, New York, New England. It would probably be my bet right now for the top three picks in the draft. I think that's safe. Yep. And the Bears are loving it. Oh, the Bears are are stoked because they can win some games and not screw anything up for themselves. And, and they're still, you know, top five as well. Absolutely. Um NFC playoff picture. So those yep. that was the bottom of the league we just t- talked about. How about the top? The Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, are just riding high right now. They are they, they only have one game lead on the Detroit Lions, who are seven and two. So the Philadelphia Eagles are one seed in the entire NFL. They're the only team with only one loss and only and the only team with eight wins in the league right now. Eight and one Philadelphia Eagles looking pretty good with the one seed. Uh, Detroit Lions would be the two seed right now in the NFC. They have a seven and two record. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Niners. We're leading the West at six and three by a tiebreaker because the Seattle Seahawks are also six and three, and they've got two head-to-head games coming up in three weeks, starting on Thanksgiving, which is going to be huge for deciding that one uh, to decide who's going to be the probably who's going to be the the three in the in the five seed in the NFC or the two in the five seed in the NFC between those two teams, and then you have the Saints at five hundred that are four seed, and then the Dallas Cowboys six wins, three losses. 
Vikings. Look out for the Vikings surging six wins, four losses um, at the seventh seed. And then, you know, then you got a, a big gap between the four win teams, Bucks, Washington and Atlanta. And, and so those teams in the South just have to win the division or they're not getting in. So a lot of these analytic sites have playoff odds predictions. You can find them at, you know, DVOA, that kind of thing. But I'm on Sumer Sports, so I pulled theirs up. And four of the top five are NFC teams. And predictably, the Eagles have the highest percentage, the Lions a third, the Niners a fourth, the Cowboys a fifth, Kansas City's in there as well. And then it's just a ton of AFC after that. But the path is easier in the NFC, so they should have the best odds to get in. And I'd be blown away if the Eagles and Lions don't win their division. Oh, I guess Dallas could catch them. I mean, but they're both going to the playoffs. I think the Niners and Cowboys are going to the playoffs. You know, I mean, I think those four are yeah. pretty well set. And unfortunately, somebody out of the South. You know, I mentioned strength of schedule. The Saints have the easiest one remaining, but Atlanta's at three. Side note, Houston's at two. Don't forget about Houston in the AFC. Uh, Houston's, I mean, the, the whole AFC and Houston's super interesting. Houston right yeah. now would be the seventh seed. They would have a tie break on the Cincinnati Bengals. Both those teams are uh, they beat the Steelers too. Five and four. So, uh, and by the way, head to head and conference, they have a double tiebreaker that Houston Texans do yeah. on the on the Bengals. So the the Texans would be the seventh seed. The the Browns would be the sixth seed at six and three. Steelers would be the five seed at six and three. Then you got the division leaders right now, which is the Dolphins four seed, six and three. Jaguars still, even though the loss last week, they've had a five game run before that. Uh, they're thir- the three seed with the tie break over Miami based on a uh, strength of victory uh, because they're both four and two in the conference. So they go to the next tiebreaker, which is strength of victory, which Jacksonville has on Miami right now. So we talked a lot about how the Miami Dolphins are losing to the good teams and beating up on the bad teams. Then you got the Ravens at seven and three are the two seed. And of course the chiefs seven to two are the uh, one seed. So I think the most interesting divisions for total opposite reasons are the AFC North and the NFC South. Like, NFC South is as bad as I can remember. And I still think it's the Saints to lose, but boy, I'm down on them and cars hurt and they're a hard watch right now. But the AFC North is super interesting. So uh, the Bengals are in a bind, as we mentioned. They go to Baltimore in two days, which is going to be a nasty game. And the Steelers go to Cleveland. So if the Browns win that game, they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining. They're almost in unless they screw it up. Like, And what's interesting, too, about that division is if Cincy happens to beat Baltimore, Cleveland-Pittsburgh is for the division title. I mean, it, it obviously not final, but you, they would be in first place. Like, right. you think Baltimore is just running away with things, but they keep finding ways to lose, too, to the wrong teams. They lose to the Colts, Steelers, and Bengals. Those are the wrong teams you want to lose to. The Steelers skating by with some of those wins. I mean, th- those are massive. They're in really good shape. As massive with those conference wins, even though I think yeah. most people would say they're not as good of a team as the Bengals no. or the Bills, but uh, they're in a better shot to make the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, they still have games against the Colts and Patriots and Cardinals. Like, they're going to probably win 10 and maybe even 11, which is funny to me. It's going to get you in, I think. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, Buffalo Bills, they got to figure some things out and – quickly uh thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the locked on podcast network make sure you're subscribed on youtube and everywhere you get your podcast matt and i back tomorrow get your questions in for this week's 
Wednesday mailbag at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on the socials or drop a question in the YouTube comments. Talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.